Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Welcome to the finale, the, the final episode of our running coverage of beefy men slapping beef to find out who is the beefiest in the land of pro wrestling, Noah. Yes, N1 Victory 2020. I don't even care that we're recording the final episode like a fucking month after the last <laughs> night of it. I'm just proud of us right now. We did it, boys. We did it. Hey. And what show is this, Chris? What show is this? What show is this, Ben? Show ben, what world. show is this? <laughs> well, what's the name of the program <laughs> that you're on, Ben? Grown <laughs> men, what's this shit? Hey. There you go. He said the thing. Jeremy, how's it feel to have your shit snagged? This is the first time <laughs> you haven't done it in like 46 episodes. I feel fine. Good. <laughs> that was weight lifted off my back. I feel, you know, like a new man. It's fresh. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I coined the phrase, uh, Jeremy Rocks. Jeremy Rocks. This is, this is all fresh to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you on this and say, yeah, you invented that. Nice. Yeah, and I've also got two words for you. Oh. Fuck it. That's that's mine too. I quit that phrase. <laughs> it sounds eerily familiar, but at the same time, you're my friend and I trust you. So I'm good Thank with you, it. Ah, uh, so we we have to cut the the preamble a little bit short today because. Uh, it is, it is quite late in Jeremy's land, and we're, we're hoping for not having another fucking two-hour podcast here. Yeah, that'd be best. I mean, we only have yeah, one to show to cover, but still. I'm going to do a dab. You, you, you ramble on for a moment, and I'm going to get prepared for this podcast properly. One second, sir. Guys, guys, this, listeners, friends, uh, this is a very special episode, not only because it's our 47th episode, uh, and, and 47 is a very special number. But it also is my birthday. Yes, I am recording hey. on my, my 34th uh, birthday. A very special time. Uh, I'm, I'm dedicating my birthday time to you guys. I don't require all of the thanks in the world, but, you know. Happy birthday, Chris. Thank you. Happy birthday, Christopher. Thanks, friends. Thanks, friends. It's been a nice day. I uh, spent it consuming coffee and watching many? Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, coffee tally-wise, oh, this is a fun thing. Whenever Ben and I travel, we always have like a running tally of the amount of coffees that I've consumed. Uh, so there's a bit of a throwback. So today... Maybe five? Not bad. I was expecting more, though. I mean, it I is 4.47 in the PMs in, in uh, Brisbane here. But, yeah, I, I think it's a moderate effort. Quite a few coffees. 
Not for me, sir. Yeah, yeah not Personally, for I've had You're not that. getting double figures. And. Not there. I've had two coffees, and I thought I was out of control because they were the double caffeinated Keurig pods from Starbucks. God oh. damn, I love a Keurig. Keurig is terrible, but great. Like, it's watery, terrible coffee, but it works in a great pinch. I don't even know what that is, but you just yeah, said a very dirty word there, Jeremy. Uh, well, I will criminal. explain, gentlemen. There is a machine uh, that you, like a coffee machine, but you put these little pods that have the coffee in it, and it's individual cups, and it just uh, forces some hot water through there and makes you a real quick cup of coffee. Okay, yeah, I know them. So it's like a Nespresso? Yep. Similar, but apparently not as good, because I've been seeing that Nespresso, and that coffee looks a lot better. They've also got George Clooney as their spokesman, or they did, like, ten years ago. So that definitely puts you up a notch. Yeah, the Keurig is pretty good in in a pinch. Like, yeah, just pop that pot in there, head out to take the dog outside, come back. Hey, my coffee's done. I just... Really hate to think that we've in any way um, assisted Starbucks by by putting over their brand right now. So I just feel the well, need to tell I'll... everyone that Starbucks is fucking dog shit. And if you drink Starbucks, you're a bad person. <laughs> oh, the, it is handy think... when you're traveling because they have Wi-Fi. Mm. Uh, probably not because you have to have a whole machine. And also, Chris, mm. fuck you. <laughs> I remember really offend, not really offending, but somewhat offending Whitney uh, when when John and and Whitney and Ben and I were all hanging out together, and she cottoned on to my disgust for Starbucks, and she's a, or she at least used to be a avid Starbucks drinker. So yeah, she she didn't seem too happy with my my judgment and disdain. I can Shocking. by no means say it's the best coffee, but it's it's uh, reliable coffee. So that's all. And there's they're everywhere. Like you, you could be inside a Starbucks and throw a rock and hit another one. It's pretty insane. Mm. Happy birthday again, Chris. Enjoy your fucking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Definitely what, a coffee snob over what here. What was the coffee of your birthday? The best one? Uh, it was like a natural Colombian one um, filter that was just like real, real tasty. It, it was delicious. Um, yeah, I, I can't rave about it enough. Can't go wrong in South America. Colombia has possibly the world's best coffee. I need to get to Colombia at some point. But... Anyway, I said we weren't going to preamble. We've been we've been preambling something fierce right here, uh, but we are ready to get on into it. Uh, so before we started recording, Ben and I were discussing the fact that we watched this show roughly a month ago. Uh, so we're both a little bit fuzzy. I went re- back and rewatched the main event just today. Um, sorry, a little burp there, a little burpsky. I am nice. drinking a beer. Um, and, yeah, other than that, maybe a little fuzzy. So I'm going to be heavily relying mm-hmm. on you guys' notes. How, how long ago did each of you uh, res- respect? No, respectfully is not the word. What, what word am I looking for here? Um, I, 
I'm not no sure. I think that sounds right. Okay. Respectfully for individually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it, it means in that. Respectively. Like, respect. Respectively yes. is what I was going for. Yeah. Nope. You're right the first time. Yeah. Brain is working. All right. Um. Yeah. How long ago did you guys watch this show? For our listeners. Mine was on the 30th of October. Mine hmm. was uh, about two hours ago. All right. <laughs> oh. Bring it home. I was ready to watch it at any time. Uh, I was. I just was waiting for us to record because I like to keep it fresh. I didn't want to watch it and then three weeks later. Oh yeah, I think that was a solid match. So I'll do my best to stir uh, everyone in the right direction. I do have nice. notes. Sweet. I'm. I'm going to be the prior. I'm. I'm going to be that guy that Jeremy was just talking about, being like, I think that was good. That's going to be my input today. <laughs> Oh man, it should be a fun one. Mm. Um, okay, well, let's jump on in. So, I mean, to recap, up to this point, uh, it has been an absolutely tremendous tournament. Uh, I think we we spoke on the last episode just about how fucking great it was, how cool it was to sort of like be introducing Jeremy to the land of pro wrestling Noah and like the fact that now you've sort of like you, you have a bit of a, a an understanding of all the key players where they where they fit in on the totem pole as it would be uh, and yeah it, I, I can't say enough good things about the, this tournament and the consistency of the tournament uh, what, what do you guys think I totally agree across the board it has been an amazing tournament to watch. Loved every second of it. I thought the tournament was strong, even like the filler matches, just to kind of, you know, uh, play out their storyline that they're doing, those kind of matches. Like the non-tournament even, matches? Yep, they were even fucking amazing. There were some mm -hmm. even ones that almost felt like throwaway that still were really impressive. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I... It's hard to say if there was any stinkers of shows on this tournament at all they're they're all strong i don't mm. think there was a single show to where i watched and it was like oh this was the letdown show of the tournament i mean it definitely it's, got yeah. pretty high like in terms of quality real fast yeah and then like it's not that we got like a dip but just like you know that level of excellence sort of couldn't be matched for a few days there but then we mm. got some matches that were like potentially even better than that as we got towards the end uh so yeah, it was just a yeah nuts tournament. As as Jeremy said, I think it was great that like a lot of the non-tournament matches were really interesting, and that we had some sort of side stories going on. We had this like junior division warfare deal. Uh, yeah, there was a, a race. That junior match was awesome. Are those two guys trying to face off in the tournament, or we had a development of a new tag team out of a breakup of a faction and a new guy joining a faction. Like, mm -hmm. pretty, a lot of intricate stuff going on all based through this tournament. Pretty yeah. great. We had, like, a reunion of, of one of the greatest Noah junior heavyweight tag teams ever. Uh, they got back together as a result of this, this faction craziness, uh, being uh, Tsushi Katoge and Daisuke Harada. There's so much stuff. 
But yeah, uh, to, to get onto this show, uh, the one that we are talking about today, uh, we, we are on the final night of N1 Victory, night seven. This is the big culmination of the tour in Osaka, uh, the Edion Arena, um, the, the number one. There are actually two. You'll see a lot of the, the New Japan and NOAA shows take place at the smaller uh, Edion version of the Edion Arena, and then this is the, the big show version of the arena, also used to be known as the Bodymaker Coliseum for our long-term fans out there. Uh, this took place on the 11th of October. Fuck, is that right? 11th of October. That's a while ago. Shit. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you guys live your lives, man. I'm like, you guys let me know when they want to record. I'm not going to have to. we're a month and change out (laughs) (laughs) i don't care his lady friend is you know doing things doing her you know he's got things going on (laughs) i'm I'm just glad we got there guys i'm not going to complain yeah well well, technically i was supposed to be married Mm. like 11 days ago well shit has nearly happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. The COVID, COVID fucked that up. So. Yep. Now it's November next year. Man. Oh, fantastic. Mm. This is originally going to be pushed back to is January or February. Yep. Okay. Are you guys spiking down there again January? too? Uh, no. Melbourne's all, it's pretty much opening up. We've had zero cases for like 16 days. Oh, it's, um, thought, yeah. it's in South Australia. They pretty much oh. gone to a Melbourne lockdown today because of, um, some dumb fucking medi hotel workers infected 15 people in his family, and then that's been unchecked for a couple of weeks, so they don't know how bad it is. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah they've locked down yeah. everything again uh, mm. up here. Fucking. Mm. I'm glad. I mean, honestly, I wish we should just all lock down for a long ass period of time and get this mm. shit over with and deal with it. Like, I know it sucks. The government's got to step in, but fucking A. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean that—that's the big lesson here. If you—if you do it right and you be real strict about it and you get this bullshit lockdown out of the way and everyone follows the rules, then you get to get past it and you don't have to deal with it anymore. Or you can half-ass it and it stretches on forever. Yeah, that leaves Jeremy scared in his house, not afraid to go outside and interact with anybody. I'm scared, guys. It's okay. We're here for you. We're definitely here for you. Feel your pain. <laughs> Do we though? Being in Australia, <laughs> probably like I, in, in two of the best places like for COVID right now, and we're just like, yeah, yeah we know what it's like. You'll be right. Mm. And, and Jeremy's no worries, in fucking mate. the US no of worries. A. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're yeah. right, mate. Because yeah. right. isn't as, as as bad as it's ever been now in America with the last. Basically, the month it's, isn't it like hitting record numbers again? Some places. Oh yeah, yeah, it's insane. It's out of control. Hmm. At least you don't live in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. That, that as, reminds, long, as long as I stay indoors, I should be safe, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then you rely on the people who are bringing you your food to not infect you in general. That's the only thing I do. I go to the store, but I like I have my mask on and I don't touch anything except for the stuff that I'm fucking buying. But. Yeah, I remember those days. I don't miss them, but I still have to wear a mask, though, even to gym. Oh, how is that? 
Well, it's actually not too bad. It just means every workout you do is like a high intensity because it jumps yes. your heart rate by like 30 beats, even just doing normal weights. I was going to say, so is it like, like you're wearing those masks that people wear to recreate? I was about like to say a, the exact same thing. Like, a, what, what's that thing? Like, you see people doing it, like, in preparation for fights and stuff where they have the mask gimmick on? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it makes it harder to breathe, so you work harder. So it's like a high-altitude fight prep, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Which is fine, except when your mask gets really sweaty if it's a cotton one, and you're doing a squat, and the mask you get to breathe in, and it's stuck stuck in your mouth, and you actually can't breathe. That's where it gets a little interesting. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. I thought I was going to pass out the other day when it happened to me. <laughs> to me, it'd be deadlifts, because, like... Sometimes on deadlifts, I get like dizzy at the best of times. So I can only imagine if I like had a mask and I couldn't breathe properly. Alicia uh, like still lifts, so the gym just got shut back down. So she ordered a, a set of like uh, adjustable dumbbell uh, dumbbells. So I nice you know, change it. Yeah, so I'm gonna actually start using them too. Nice, nice. Yeah, work on the guns for summer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, get that get that summer bud ready, Jeremy. Mm. Yeah, there you go, buddy. This mm. is gonna be all arms. Not working my midsection, no legs. I'll just have some nice, nice biceps. Oh, just just go for the oh. show muscles, bruh. Just go for yeah, man. full max. It's an upper body business, guys. That's that's the American physique. All arms <laughs> and some big chi- and some big pecs. Yeah, traps. You want the traps too though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i've uh, i've gotten back into the gym a little bit of late um after a long spell off because of the fucking covid shit and just lacking motivation so i've gone back in i finally got some regularity to it but i was really taken down a peg when um are either of you a fan of always sunny love yeah yeah it was a funny show Nice, nice. I'm a, I'm a big big time fan. I've been watching a lot of that recently, and I've, I've mm. I'm rewatching it all. Got up to the season with uh, with Fat Mac. Mm-hmm. You're familiar. He's adding mass, cultivating mass. Cultivating mass, exactly. <laughs> Made me real sad the fact that now I feel like body wise, I like I'm definitely more like approximating Fat Mac than I am Skinny Mac. Excellent. <laughs> Two XL shirt I got, or the XL shirt I got, you should fit perfectly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's just been a little bit of a hit on the ego, where I'm like, shit. It's it's uh, like, and I'm taking it real personally. Like every time they do like the fat jokes on on Mac, <laughs> on every episode, I'm just like taking them onto myself, and it really hurts, guys. Understood. Well, and I won't tell you what happened to me during isolation. What? You, I, you I just actually, got skinny. I actually, I actually lost six kilos. Yeah, but that'd be just like straight up muscle loss, I'm assuming, because you're just a gym Ooh. freak. <laughs> He's actually, you're waking at, away. I actually can I can see my six pack again. How does that work? Well, I laying down. I started doing more cardio and running and stuff. Ah, okay, okay. So, so that sounds. So I did, that sounds I, good. I definitely did lose some muscle strength, but. I lost a bit of fat too because now I can see my abs again. It's like I haven't seen these in a few years. So you need to cultivate some mass is what you're telling me. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable at this weight. It means I can actually, uh, it doesn't hurt as much to move. 
<laughs> so COVID inspired us all to hopefully uh, get in better shape. Chris gonna get there. I've lost some weight. I've uh, stopped drinking for the most part. I haven't. I only had one drink the other day. Uh, well, on one day I had some beers, and then since then, nothing again. We're losing weight, feeling good. COVID, yes. fuck you, motherfucker. It's all about. Fuck yeah. It's all about feeling good. And I am drinking a beer as we speak. So cheers to that, boys. What's the beer? What's the beer? Yeah. It is a, uh, it's called, it's a mountain culture beer. Uh, it's a double red IPA. Um, big fan of mountain culture. They're made in um, Katoomba, New South Wales. I don't even know where that is. Fuck if I know. Double dry hopped with an all-star cast of American hops. This beer is bursting with flavor and more tropical fruits than Carmen Miranda's hat. What I don't, the fuck? I don't know who Carmen Miranda is. Are you, either of you familiar? <laughs> yes. It's the lady uh, with the fruit hat, the one that's on the, the, the bananas. I don't know if you guys have those ah, bananas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that visual. Banana. All right. Excuse me, but all right. This preamble picked up on it, huh? We were all ready to get into the show, and then we started talking about COVID, and Ugh. I bl- I blame Chris. Chatty <laughs> guys, chatty guys. He's our leader. He's our leader, and he just led us down the garden path. I... So this first match, we got full throttle. <laughs> Who are the members of full throttle, Chris? Full throttle uh, is. Um... Hajime O'Hara, Seiki Yoshioka, and Yohei. And I I cannot exclaim how much I'm loving Full Throttle right now. This is definitely the best version of Full Throttle to me. I mean, no no hate on um, Atsushi Kitoge. He had a lot of fun with those motorcycle handlebars. But uh, I, I just feel like Yoshioka, Yohei, and O'Hara are just, they gel so well together. So I'm then, so the against Junta Miyawaki, Kenya Okada, and Seiya Moroashi. Did you guys notice that Okada, who was like throughout the tournament, the entire tournament, wearing just black trunks, mm-hmm. and now he's got yes. some little flashes yes. of color? Oh, I'm so yes. proud. Our, our boy's growing Okada up. Okada new trunks. Is that so, how they do the same yeah. thing like in New Japan, where the guys start out wearing black and then slowly like you get yep. some accoutrement? You earn that shit. Even so, what's know. what's up with the lightning on the trunks? Is it supposed to mean anything, or is it just? I, I assume color? it means something to him. Mm. <laughs> His friends call him lightning cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the yellow stripes down the sides as well. I feel like it's a good look. Remind me of CM Punk's uh, when he went serious because he had basically black with the yellow stripes on the side or red or whatever. And then yeah. no, no lightning bolt on his butt. When he when he the first lightning. moved from the shorts to the trunks, right? When he was in OVW. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, I, I thought they looked familiar. You know, couldn't put a pin in it, but, but uh, I think you're right. That's that's it. It's there good you go. Uh, yeah, I please tell tell me your thoughts on this match because I can't remember anything other than thinking it was generally fun. Uh, yeah, it actually started out really fast with a lot of crazy like chain wrestling and exchanges. Uh, 
I don't know the gentleman's name, but the guy who, not the beefier member of the team that's not Yohei, full throttle. What's the other gentleman's name? Uh, There's three members. Yohei. Well, well, that's not. The technical wizard? Yeah, I think the guy who started the match. You guys don't remember. You haven't watched so long ago. Uh, Uh. (laughs) But anyway. He was when he first started out. He did like a uh, a bridge where he was bridging with his neck and holding both of uh, the guy's arms behind him. Do you remember that? That spot would at definitely all? be oh, Hajime yeah. Hara. That was super dope. And then he went from that into I, I don't know why nobody does this, but he did a Russian leg sweep. But he kept the leg trapped and rolled it over into like a. Kind of like a scorpion. He was holding the guy's leg almost where he was touching the back of his head. It was an amazing submission combination. Somebody needs to steal that. You guys by chance remember that at all? Yeah. I actually do. Yeah, that's one yeah. of um, O'Hara's signature spots, I want to say. But yeah, he's, he's crap, so smooth cool. with that technical shit. I, I love him. Just watching him For wrestle sure. is such a treat. It's, it's such speed, too. He's able to do it, and it's just insane. Yeah, the whole beginning of the match was super fast. Mm. I had, it was a really fun match, some great teamwork, some full throttle crazy speed, just looked insane, their teamwork together, and also really impressed by Okada, some mm. of those, the beast, those big overhand forearms, the beast elbows, and uh, also the thing you put out, a, did you, um, the, I don't know what the move's called besides everything is evil, I didn't see him do it before. The STO? Yeah. Yeah, Has yeah, he, he, he did like a cool, um, it was a unique setup to it, wasn't it? I think so, I, I've only got, no, I can't remember that, but yeah, it sounds, there was some sort of setup to it, I just can't remember. <laughs> this is exactly what this entire show is going to be like. <laughs> If we, if we can't remember, let's just avoid saying that. We'll say something like, I can't recall. <laughs> oh, I also, and um, Seiko had that crazy moonsault into the crowd where he almost. Oh, yeah. The fucking hand. That was like, that, that reminded me of America. Yeah, I remember watching uh, this and thinking they should sign Seiki Yoshioka to like a 10 year contract because he's just going to get like better and better. And he's a guy you just want with your company forever. He's, he's, he reminds oh, me a lot of um, Kushida, like a young Kushida, just in seeing like infinite potential in him. So I was very happy to see a little bit after this that uh, he'd signed at least a – was it a one-year contract, Ben? I believe you told me it was a one-year deal. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is just from us following um, Hisame on, on yeah. Twitter, I believe. But, yeah. I was very happy to see that at the very mm. least. But he, he seems like a guy that New Japan would want to steal in a heartbeat. So I just hope oh, uh, God, yeah. Noah has him locked down because mm. I just see so much fucking potential in this dude. Mm. Uh, the the finish of the match was Yohei hitting, like, probably the only Meteora that I've ever seen that actually looked mean, like like you'd actually would hurt somebody. Normally, they... They look like they're working together so much and they just fall so gracefully together. He literally, like, double-kneed this guy in the face and the guy fell backwards. It was fucking Yeah, awesome. it was to Junta, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. The guy sold it like a motherfucker. It was great. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, Yohei's, um, those, those double knees just 
they they're just so athletic like especially the ones mm. he does from like a jumping position with just a ridiculous vertical leap to mm. come down on a dude i'm i'm just the more i watch yohei the more i'm a fan yep agreed and he's so light so when he like hits it looks like he's murdering him but it's probably just like all right that's that was fine <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. Those kind of like from from wrestling, those kind of like smaller dudes who are just like bony, Jack. bony, like lean but jacked motherfuckers, like basically pointy wrestlers. They're the most <laughs> painful ones. He's a very pointy man. <laughs> His haircut is pointy. His goatee pointy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, elbows and assholes. Uh, um, what did you guys think of Seiya Morohashi? Which was one actually... is he? Was he in the orange trunks or the other one? He was the jacked yeah, the guy one. on the other team. I was I impressed. Hadn't, I hadn't seen him before. Who actually... Where's he from? What's his background, Christopher? So, he is a favourite of uh, my buddy David and I. We're long-time Noah watchers. Um... He is a guy that was, was on shows a couple of years ago, pretty regular, regularly for Noah. And he was not very good at that point. But he was always, like, in pretty good shape. And we always assumed he was booked on the shows as a favour to somebody. And he always had Svensson printed on the back of his trunks. I don't know whether it's some sort of sponsorship deal. I'm assuming it is. I don't know what Svensson is. But we would always fondly refer to him as Svensson. So when I saw him on this show, I was like, oh, Svensson's back. (laughs) And he's gotten a lot better. Like, he actually, like, I didn't really see any holes in his game whatsoever on this show. So I'm I'm just really happy for Svensson right now. <laughs> and the guy in the orange trunks is the guy who was on the last show as the mystery partner, right? Yeah, yeah, the the yeah. long time um, Noah rookie who's slowly earning his way back up after uh, coming back from that injury. Yeah, I thought yeah. Ginger looked overall, great. Right. Overall, like you said, fun match. Fun match. All right, next match, uh, we have tag team action with the uh, the anti... Do, are you familiar with this, Ben, the, the tag team name of Akatoshi Saito and Masawa Noe? Is it something like Overlord or something? No, they're like the anti-wrestling faction. I don't know what that means. Read this somewhere. Oh, oh wait, did you say Sato and... Akatoshi oh, Saito and Masawa Noe. Actually, I remember maybe hearing that back in the, the tag league. Yeah. During when COVID first hit. I remember hearing that once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not going crazy. Cool. Mm. Against the Congo duo of Neo and Tadasuke. Thoughts? To bring back my goofy names, because I didn't remember the other two guy names, I called them two old dudes I assume are badass. <laughs> Because <laughs> by the way, they they look badass, but old guys. You know? hmm. I was just excited for that one. Yeah, dude, for sure. But I was because of that, I was almost like blown away with how athletic uh, they were for the most part. Not so much a no way, but no. I love a no way. 
He basically just doesn't do the fucking eye gouge most of the match. Yeah, yeah. His main offensive manoeuvre is the eye gouge, uh, a really clumsy-looking Russian leg sweep, and his never-ending clotheslines in the corner. Yeah, I was talking more about the dude with the dad hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet, sweet dad mullet. Yeah. Oh, I love that Tushido. He also goes to the pin whenever he gets tagged in, if uh, Saito's done a big move on the... The other guy. Holy shit, I was actually pointing that out. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy went for the pin. I'm like, why didn't that guy just go through the pin then? <laughs> As the tag team partner, you'd be like, well, he clearly didn't think the guy was ready to be pinned. I better do some offensive maneuver on this. But no, he just pins the guy. <laughs> I found that very hysterical and I took that. That's so funny. Yeah. Masao Inoue is, yeah. is a fun dude to watch. Hmm. They also did that really fun uh, assisted power bomb where it was like the one guy was oh. going to do an atomic drop, but he just set his legs on his shoulders, the other guy's shoulders, and he just drops. Yeah. <laughs> I love how much every time I see that move, it just looks like the guy who takes the move fucking eats shit. Yeah, like <laughs> they just dumped him on his Yeah, and he just too. like drops him so suddenly. It's, it's the best. <laughs> Yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> All right. uh, also, like, Dorn, yeah. uh, well, I was going to talk about part of the finish, so if you guys had some other comments, go ahead. Uh, I just had a couple of little things that I remember. Just the, the big clothesline and the huge stalling suplex Saito did on Tadasuk. Tadasuke? I like that. Yeah. Tadasuke, that's it. I can never remember his name. Yeah, and, that, that, that whole S-U-K-E, mm. I had to learn how to do that with Shinsuke. It's like, okay, hopefully that applies with every name and I'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, it pretty well does, so I think you're good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how uh, Saito broke the pin by putting the ref in a hold. Uh, I thought that was a little funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So yeah, toward the finish of the match, they did yep. a couple uh, aerial moves. The Swanton uh, is a guy named Hiroki. Yeah, yeah, Neo. Yeah, he, the Swanton he did like landed so flush on the motherfucker, like there was no uh, working that because he just landed on dude. And then the other guy followed up with a huge splash that was essentially the same. Like the guy just got his sternum crushed two times in a row, pretty gnarly. I liked it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a big like fan of um, I'm a big fan of Neo slash Hiroki, and I think that the Hiroki thing is like the pronunciation of that like high sixty nine name that he ah, used that to go sense. by, and if you look carefully, he's got high sixty nine tattooed on his arms, oh. uh, which is potentially a regrettable tattoo. I don't know. <laughs> he seems to be like. Oh, that speaking life. of tattoos, I'm getting. Uh, I got an appointment. I'm getting a Macho Man uh, tattoo on my right forearm. You know where I have my Space Monkey? Yeah. I'm on the opposite side. I'm gonna do Macho Man and kind of a space theme, and then link it together with like a, you know, like a classic uh, '50s looking rocket ship, like you know, doing a pop culture, like um, hard to describe. Uh, like, lost in space type of rocket. Yeah, yeah. Of I'm, I'm picturing. Yeah. I'm picking up what you've put down. 
like yeah, that, so that retro like that. futurism kind of look, right? Exactly, exactly. So I'm gonna do that, like kind of do a half suit. Ah, uh, dig it. That sounds Ooh. cool, man. Is like yeah, Macho gonna be like in a space suit or something with like doing the elbow drop? That'd be pretty sick. I think I'm just gonna have him like the re- straight up Macho, but maybe in the reflection of, su- of the sunglasses, more space theme, and like behind his head, maybe some fucking constellations or some shit. I don't know. The artist I ha- I do. Uh, that I'm going through does some amazing like abstract and watercolor style stuff. So I'm gonna let her get crazy and do what she needs to do. Ooh, cool. like she it. she local to the Pacific Northwest. Yep, her name is Chantel Hitchcock. She's the one that did my uh, on my left arm. I have a snail and slug, or a slug with a grenade for a carapace and making a snail. So uh, she did that. It's kind of like 3D and it's really badass. It's one of my favorite tattoos, and I'm excited to have her work on me again. Sick. Yeah, I was just talking before we started recording to Ben about how, how far uh, delayed I am with my next tattoo. It just feels like forever since my last one. And as soon as we can travel to Japan, I'm I'm getting this sucker. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been missing it. I don't, my, uh, I, she's so booked up, I don't even have an appointment for a consultation until January. Ooh. Yeah, but based on you know COVID and, and oh, being, yeah. a really, being a really good artist, she's most solid. Yeah. Well, to get off our bandwagon of getting distracted and get back to the matches, um, next up we have eight man tag team action with Segura Gun of uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, Kazuyuki. Iron Head Fujita, Kendo mm. Kashin, and Takashi Segura versus the Congo team of Keno, Manabu Soya, Masa Kitamiya, and Yoshiki Inamura. This was really great, if for nothing else, just because I got to watch like mm. my favorite wrestler, Kazuyuki Fujita. Love him. So great. Absolutely. He's like everything that Brock Lesnar like wants to be or like whatever it wants Brock Lesnar to be. You've already got it in Kazuyuki Fujita. You don't need another one. <laughs> I uh, really liked when they sh- – on the uh, screen, they showed little uh, images of the guy and then like a little stat bar on the right-hand side. And for him, everything was maxed out except for one. So he was like 10, 10, and then 9 on one of them. I couldn't read it, but I'm like, it's clearly saying this motherfucker is more badass than the rest of these guys. I treat it like like video game wrestlers exactly. where they've got their points. I love that. Yeah, like you definitely want to choose this guy to be your playable character because he's his stats are way better. Oh, than he's everything. just gonna wreck shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the way it started out was just awesome. You got him plus the Inamura just slamming yeah. into each other for a good while, and that was just. Like, man, this really sets the pace for something that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and that was actually a throwback to the um, the match last year that I was actually there for, the big big Noah show of the year at um, Sumo Hall, uh, where it was um, Fujita in a singles match versus um, – actually, no. Fuck, I'm a liar. No, his, <laughs> his first match in Noah, back in Noah was, was against – Inamura, and then the one that I saw was actually against Tanaguchi. So I'm I'm a lying piece of shit. I'll I'll see myself yeah. out. I'm sorry, guys. 
Let's just edit that out so you're not so embarrassed because I'm embarrassed for you. Oh, should be. Oh, yikes. But no, that was fucking real good. Segway to another story you made up, Chris. <laughs> I make up no <laughs> stories, sir. It's <laughs> cute, buddy. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, I just two badasses, two two beefy boys slapping beef. That's what this is all yeah. about, you know. Mm-hmm. Hell so yeah. And I um, really like it because it it was just huge, and then ends with a fucking huge clothesline, and everyone just like ah, like the crowd just pops big because. Everyone loves big boy slapping beef. Yeah. No, this is a really fun match. Loved it. What do you Loved all think that. of um, Kendo Kashian? Straight up uh, fresh out of his run in WWE as like a coach. I still don't know how he got that gig. but I love his little exchange with Kendo where he keeps trying to take it to the ground while Kendo's trying to stand and strike. That was mm. a fun one. Seems also, like but, it was a continuing thing of yeah. um, Keno's ongoing war against um, shoot style and yeah. or Nokiaism. <laughs> but, but Vegeta was definitely my standout for the match. He had a nice little few things where he had a Sawyer in a wrist lock while Keno stomping him and just wouldn't let go of it. Mm-hmm. I just thought he's just a beast. And then, uh, yeah, as Jeremy said, that finish. Before he had like a a huge open palm strike on Inamura. And he landed some his famous Taniguchi's got a nice kick, head kick, but it's nothing compared to Fujita's. Well Taniguchi yeah. got it from Fujita mm. from their, their feud, I mean, so it all makes yeah. sense. This is the OG yeah. right here. Yeah. And well I really like the the story of the match because it started with Inamura mm. and uh was Fujita. Fujita. Yep. Yeah, it started with, and then they get back in the ring, and then in this instance, Inamura got the better initially of the exchange, which I thought mm. was great. But there was a funny part that happened is after Inamura and Fujita had their exchange to start the match, Ma, Masa got in there with the mask guy, and they essentially looked like they were going to do the same thing, but then Masa just kicked the guy straight in the stomach and said, fuck that, they already did that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to make special mention that I love how much the Noah fans just hate Fujita. Like, <laughs> I love Fujita so much. Yeah. And, like, this is a one point where I, like, differentiate myself from Noah, general Noah fans. But, like, when he won, you could hear, like, a pin drop in that place. Yeah. These people do not like Fujita. Maybe because, like, Noah fans don't like an or I don't know what the deal is. But, yeah, there was definitely a you, you could a palpable dislike for this dude in the building. You guys come um, to that? I did not notice the silence, but I don't understand. Like Your introduction to him for me was when we watched that uh, match with him and Go where they stood there mm. for 30 minutes before they even got into it. Like, yeah. That was just something I, I really dug it, so I don't see the hate. Uh, do they not like guys who just straight up are badass shoot fighter style? I think it's more that the Noah fans are a fan of, of like, Noah-style dudes. So, like, going back to, like, classic old Japan and, like, that kind of thing. Whereas to me, like, Fujita is just, like, the, the total uh, representation of, like, Enochism and, like, proper, like, OG New Japan strong style. Um, 
So he, he's very much the opposite of that, like, sort of old Japan King's Road style. So maybe that's part of it. Um, and it's just, like, not classic Noah. So I don't know. That That's just my, my guess here. I may be completely wrong, but that's, that's what my assumption is on it. All right. Well, I can take that. I really fucking uh, want to put over how amazing Congo is. Like, they are slowly or quickly becoming one of my favorite factions. Because, for one, the Congo line, where they do the, uh, the elbow drop, is just so fucking fun. Like, it's so quick. And, Did you just uh, make that up? Also, yeah, I just said Congo line. I thought it was really oh, I'm with it. I'm so with that from now on. That's the official name of that team maneuver from now on. The Congo line. Congo line. Uh, and then Props. I love that they every time somebody uh, did something, they would go clean out the corner, like you know, knock everybody down so nobody was going to tag in. Yeah. So that was just amazing teamwork on their part. Um, and then another part I had notes. This is not necessarily to do with them, but uh, Suggs and Soya when they got in the ring together, that was I want to see more of that. That was great. And then huge uh, flying clothesline by Soya to knock him down. Yeah, that stuff was great. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see that singles match at some point in the near future. And then at the end, this is what I put on uh, down. Uh, shoulder block in Amura. He wins big this time. And then Congo goes off. They hit all the moves. Because they did everything to everybody. Uh, but then Inamura got that power bomb at the very end. was oh, so fuck. fucking nuts. It wasn't a Ganso bomb so much, but he did put him directly on the back of his neck. I took a little oh, video yeah. of it. Blew me away. <laughs> That's a big dude to pick up and try to powerbomb when you're an old man. Oh, they're my favorite kind of power bombs, really. Like that that's like those old like Kawada style power bombs where you just like try to do the most painful power bomb you possibly can. He actually tried to pin him like Kawada, but he because he slammed him down so hard he had to roll him back up <laughs> to do the pin. <laughs> Oh, he's down. He's real down. I mean, maybe that was also part of the reason for this, like, icy reaction to Fujita because he, like, almost killed their home homeboy in Inamora. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. It was fucking gnarly. I watched it a couple times. Ugh. I dig it. Uh, I love that the finish, yeah. The more we can get to more people almost dying in wrestling, the better, I say. <laughs> 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 let's let Nia Jax wrestle everybody. Oh, she sucks though. <laughs> Do you hear what she said recently? She said she's not worried about COVID because she has an immune system. Yeah, right, isn't it? It's like the the new um the 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 COVID fucking antidote is like ninety percent ac- accurate, uh, whereas her immune system is like ninety nine point nine percent accurate so she's just going to go with her immune system (laughs) (laughs) that's a dumb bitch right there anyway Mm. why why are we talking about Nia Jax right now because I wanted to bury her for a second okay I'll allow it next up next up we uh, have a match that I was very much looking forward to the junior tag title match this is uh, the might want to like that team that I was raving about before Katoge and Harada's mm. first junior tag title match and I don't know how long uh, challenging for the titles of Stinger uh, that being Hayata and Yoshinari Ogawa 
Uh, I was very much looking forward to this match, and I was not disappointed. Uh, what did y'all think? I totally agree. I love this one. This is the first I think, real time I'd actually seen them tag together. Cause I actually hadn't seen them in the past. It just it started crazy with Agawa just looking so good and complete control. And he had that little thing at the start where he um had Harada in a sleeper and just refused to let go of it. Mm-hmm. He then took a hip toss. He just kept taking whatever Harada was throwing. Just wouldn't let go. It was just a stubborn old man not giving in. <laughs> stubborn old rat boy. Mm. Like, I put just uh, older Ebo Raver guy. <laughs> they look like the guys that hang out. Like they're badass. I'm not, I'm not trying to insult them, but based off looks alone, they look like just the two old guys are hanging out at the party. That everyone's kind of creepy, but they got the drugs, so no one's asking them to leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so apt. I dig it. <laughs> I also want to make mention how Harada was uh, rocking some new pay-per-view style gear, and then Kodage mm. uh, is just like wearing the same stuff he's been wearing the entire tournament. Oh, Kodage oh. does not give Fucking a fuck. Dorks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was great. Uh-huh. He's wearing that goofy-ass hat they look stupid in, but hey, whatever, mm-hmm. he's doing his thing. He just does what he wants. Uh, he's, the hat's not as bad as those shorts, though. No. Or the, at least he doesn't have the fucking handlebars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you think he still has them at home? Like, he spent all that money on those handlebars <laughs> and he gets kicked out of fucking uh, full throttle. What else I is he going to do? I like, do you think he got them and knew he was out of the group for the next show? Or do you think he just, like, did it as, like, I mean, I'm doing this full throttle thing one more time. I'm going to get really goofy with it and just bought it for that purpose. I don't know. You wonder what. Oh, who knows? I, I yeah. like to think he just like went full fucking balls deep on this gimmick, just all about it, all about his room rooms. <laughs> He's just like all all about this, just investing completely. And then Nurse Al was like, uh, "This this guy, this guy's a bit too much. You're out." <laughs> uh, I like also that Agawa was rocking an extra knee pad on his boot. Like, yeah. yeah, what's the story with that? I've been noticing that. So I was gonna ask. It was Ahmed Johnson's levels of knee pad accessories. <laughs> uh, do you As think it's like you... an ankle injury or something, and it's like to add ed- extra protection? Maybe. That's anything I could think. Otherwise, he couldn't afford a kick pad. <laughs> It'd be so weird kick. seeing Ogawa in kick pads, though. He doesn't. I, I don't really remember seeing him actually land any. Like body kicks, we'd actually need one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's fashion over function. <laughs> I, I just hope it's a tribute to Ahmed Johnson. Let, let's just leave it at that. Uh, but I did like how good uh, the reunited tag team are. Like, they did some sweet mm. double teams. Like that one that uh, ended with them doing a double drop kick in the middle of the ring to the guy's head. Yeah, I like, I like some good tag team. Oh, so how so long snappy. were they together before they broke up? Oh, I want to say at least like because they were they were tag team going back to Osaka Pro when they were both there, so that was before they even got to Noah. So you'd have to think like eight years or more. Yeah, makes sense. It didn't look like they'd missed a beat when they were in the ring together. Exactly. So was, yeah. yeah, they also had that other um, cool double where they I think it was, Toge did the toe tri- toe trip Sayada. 
Mm-hmm. So Harada double knee, the knee that looked pretty cool too. Yeah, I I just love how snappy the double teams are. Reminds mm. me a lot of like um, like Akuto Hidaka and um and Fujita or uh, the Motor City Machine Guns in mm. that way. Just real real snappy, quick offense. Big fan. Harada had a his hot tag was really good when he came in, like all fired up. Taking everybody out. And then I think it was him. I just put in my notes. I, I believe it was him. But they did a Northern Lights suplex with one arm that was, like, really slow and, like, just picture perfect on the bridge. That just, It was fantastic. Nice. I guess you don't remember. Mm. Do you not recall? <laughs> <laughs> did it slip your mind, that move, that moment? Did it? I'm, yeah, I'm going to be completely honest. I said nice just then with no recollection of it. Understood. It was empty. Understood. It was empty yeah. as fuck. Um, I'm just, just going through the motions right now, guys. Well, there was another moment that maybe you do remember. Let's uh, see. Spike DDT. Like an impaler DDT where the guy almost looked like he took him up. Uh, he was going to do a vertical suplex, but he, he DDT'd him. Do you remember that moment, Chris? Wait, who was this? Harada <laughs> took the DDT. It was like a uh, almost looked like a oh, from, like an impaler from, um, from Hayata. Yep. Yeah, 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 I remember that. I remember. Ooh, yeah, that was yeah, sick. That was good. Yeah, Hayata has thing. like his moments to where like sometimes you're like, uh, this guy, and then like you're like, no, no, he's actually real good. Do you remember this yeah. one, Chris? When Harada uses the ropes to generate more power into his German suplex on Hayata. Oh then, yeah. That's snappy as fuck, German suplex. Yep. And then lands the go to sleep, big elbow, gets up with a two count. And then the German suplex after that one, where he gets this huge elevation and pretty much spikes oh. him down. Yeah, that was rad. That was fucking insane. Yeah. I had a really good moment here, Chris. Maybe you remember this one. <laughs> <laughs> How long is this bit going to keep going? <laughs> I'm feeling personally assaulted right now. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, go on. What do you got? What do you got? It was just a beautiful drop kick while the guy was on the apron. <laughs> Don't remember. It landed really <laughs> flush and snug. Do you have that one, Ben? Yep. <laughs> <sighs> oh, good shit. But yeah, good I was. Shit. I was not anticipating a whole mu- a whole lot at first, I, and even at the beginning of the match, I wasn't necessarily paying attention a whole lot. But it fucking once it started going, that was that was a hell of a match. And what a finish! We got some new champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember that, Chris? I mean, very notable from the <laughs> fact. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> notable for the fact that it's been so long. Uh, since the last time these guys held those belts, so it was like I, I, I'm gonna say I, I got a little bit emotional when they were holding them up for the first time in in however long. So I thought that was a, a real nice moment, um, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited about uh, upcoming potential tag title junior tag title defenses against Full Throttle. I mean, I imagine that's the way yeah. we're going, right? Yeah, they they did come out and challenge for it after the match. Yohei and uh, Nico. Mm-hmm. I would assume so, that's what they said. There was no translation. Mm, that's what I I'm assuming too. <laughs> I like how you don't even need words. 
Like you, you can yeah. just go with the assumption of what it is, and nine times out of ten, you're right. Yeah. Well, normally you get the the pointing at the belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one I uh, I look for. I think he wants that thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did the point to the belt. All right. Yeah. No getting out of it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this was a good stuff. Uh, where where to though now for Ogawa and Hayata? Do you think they're going to be uh, continuing uh, in in this junior tag division, or are we going to be seeing more more single stuff of um, either man back in the the junior singles division. I don't know. Do they do the rematch clause gimmick? Not, not usually. Okay. I mean, on occasion, but it's not like the standard. Yeah. It used to be in American wrestling that was like the automatic rematch clause, but they even dropped that recently. I always thought that was so dumb. Like, I always thought it was better where it's, like, the only guys that would get a rematch is if they had, like, a real sneaky hotshot agent or manager. Like a, well, like the a reason they did it or something. It's because how can we think of a logical way to keep this program going that won't piss everyone off? Mm. So it's part of the rule of rematch clause. I mean, you can't get around it, guys. They got the opportunity. No, I like it better that you have to have a sneaky agent or manager that has to put that clause into the contract. Otherwise, yeah, you find better. Yeah, that's better. Plus, if you don't have a rematch, we get to move on to a new match. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, also, the rematch clause just ends up with the dude who lost the belt having to do another job. So it's not yeah, necessarily it, great for them. Especially yeah. when it's like only like a week or two later. It's just like, why bother? It's yeah. just like, you're taking him down another peg. It's like, you want him to have some heat left. Mm-hmm. Make great title run. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up next for Hayata and Ogawa, but uh, we will or see. Or Stingers in general. Yeah, right? I mean, I you mm. know what I'm, I'm hoping for with Stinger? I really want to see um, fucking, what's his name, the British dude back. Yeah, Ridgeway. Yeah, yeah, Chris Ridgeway. Well, he wants to buy Santa. He just not allowed to travel there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I saw him on Twitter uh, the yeah. other day saying about how um, just like sad he is seeing all these motherfuckers getting to wrestle, and he's just over there in UK not doing anything. Yeah, I wonder why he couldn't get across, but Osprey was able to. Mm, I'm assuming New Japan probably has a bit more funds to make this uh, these things happen Uh-oh. a bit more. Then, uh, I guess also, Osprey may have a house there. Yeah, I heard really Dave, Big Dave say good. something about Osprey living there, so that might have something to yeah. do with it. Yeah. What about Zach though? He probably the same. Zach, Zach never left. He was living. He just stayed there the whole time. Right. He Shit. never went back to England, from what I saw. Huh. Anyway, back to Noah. Uh, this next match can you tell me where uh, where Switchblade is living (laughs) well he was on New Japan Strong so I assume he was in the he was in America and then he got brought over to Japan somehow I don't know I don't know these things I don't know how I don't know how he got into Japan from America maybe you just have to do like the quarantining for a time no he did he quarantined. I'm sure I was heard somewhere he quarantined for two weeks, but still, it's like America. 
how bad it is there at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Mm. Don't be letting Americans into your country, I say. <laughs> no offense, <laughs> no offense to all of our lovely American sticks out there. <laughs> and all of our beautiful American bots as well. We we love you equally. Um so this next match, GHC Junior title oh, yes. match. So we're, we're, we're ascending up the ladder here. We had a junior tag title match. Now it's our junior singles title match between uh, Kataru Suzuki defending his belt against uh, one of uh, my... my this, this dude's become one of my favorite wrestlers over the last few oh, weeks, honestly. Uh, guy f- going from like, oh, shit, they brought fucking uh, Kenbai over from Michinoku Pro to holy fuck how he's like one of my favorite parts of the show now and holy shit i didn't think this was possible but this match in my mind even exceeded the quality of the last match i you know what i have to probably agree with you yeah it was fucking Uh, insane i want at the very beginning of the match it started with a dive and i noticed when that happened, that I haven't seen a lot of dives over the the tournament. Even in the non-tournament matches, there wasn't a whole ton. So this one actually, since it was so big, stood out even more so because of that. I think there's something to be said about not spamming dives too much. So then when you actually do dives, like, it gets over. Who would have thought? Yeah. Crazy idea. Yeah. Uh, one spot that I especially adored is uh, it looked like Suzuki was going to uh, give him a tombstone pile driver on yep. the apron. And then how reversed it by like pushing up off his thighs and doing like a head scissors, sending him to do a back bump onto the floor. That was fucking cool. It's ridiculous. It makes little sense, but at the same time, it's fucking bad because it's like. Oh, I thought they pulled it off something fierce, and I'm normally yeah, like no. pretty, pretty like right there to criticize Squad shit that up. I think doesn't make sense. But I bought this; I thought it was great, especially the way they set it up with how uh, coming over the other side of the rope mm. and Suzuki initially being on the floor and coming up there to meet him. It makes sense that he could have been trying to jump off there to attack him, and he was just cutting him off. So yeah, mm. they did it well. Yeah. For sure. Just so much inventive, creative stuff in this match. It just felt so fresh and different to, to most of what you watch. And the work was just really yeah. solid, I thought, as well. Um, both guys just worked so well together. I mean, we were saying it last time from, like, the preview mm. tag uh, that, like, we had high hopes for this because everything involving Katara Suzuki and Hal looked mm. fucking great. But this shit... Oh, did not disappoint. And, and I was pissed oh, off, like, with how great this was. Like, how, how little scuttlebutt I heard after this match about people talking about this because like people should be fucking like seeking this match out this was like Ooh. honestly probably the best like junior heavyweight match i've seen all year i couldn't disagree it was the best i've seen it was fucking insane it was and as, just as you mentioned before about how the the whole tournament has been so good at setting up these stories like these yeah throughout the tournament you could see that eventually when these guys got together it would be cracking mm. yep. 
And hey. I feel like Howe was such like a like a diamond in the rough. Hey, like I don't think anyone had that big expectations for him coming in, being like, oh yeah, he could be a fun fun tag partner of Hiroki to like just shit. He's like a fucking player. Like I, I want to see him as junior heavyweight champion at some point now. Do you guys remember that Howe doing some doing this crazy thing? Looks like he's going for a sneaky pin, but ends up doing some flipping thing into a pin. That, that was like, very like a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like some of the sequences I've just never actually seen before. So I was like, <laughs> what the fuck am I actually seeing? Yeah, I remember you told me that but, like before I watched this match after you mm, saw it. You were like, there's so much stuff in this match that I've never mm, even seen before. Mm, and that really like it got my hopes up. Mm, but it was, mm, it was probably even better than, than I was expecting mm, based on that. So good. And uh, earlier I mentioned the Meteora from uh, AO, how impactful it was. There was one by Howe in this one that was so dramatic because he jumped up so high and the guy was in the tree of woe in the corner and he came down. Like normally that that spot, again, another one where a guy looks like an asshole hanging upside down for a while. Mm. But they did this perfectly. It looked freaking great. The elevation just made it look so, so pretty. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wonder if you guys can tell me what this was where Suzuki drops Heo with a killer forearm mm-hmm. and lands a crazy suplex where he spikes him on his head. Yeah, it was almost like... Suplex a, called. I have no idea. I've never seen that mm-hmm. before. Chris, can you help us out here? I'm blanking on it. Wasn't that <laughs> the what? finish? And then he wrapped him up for a pin, yeah. It's a... What's... Katara Suzuki's does he finish is he gonna finish it with a, a suplex kind of thing? Well his his classic finish used to be the um the uh, Crazy blue form. fucking what was it called? Blue something rather. It was basically like a like a um that, that move Victoria used to do, like the widow's peak thing. He now uses it as like one of his sort of secondary moves near the finish. Mm. But um, yeah, this that I, I remember there being something crazy towards the end. So that sounds mm. like that was definitely mm. it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, as much as I was like raving about how, I definitely want to put over like how fucking great Katara Suzuki's been. And again, it, it's something that no one's really talking about right now. Like a dude to have like a career resurgence like he has, like getting back to that level of just how good he was like back in the day, having those junior title matches against like Kenta. Marafuji, Nakajima, like in the Noah heyday to like now all these years later being like just as good if not better. Like he's such a treat to watch. I was like really like not sure which way I wanted this to go because I could see both of these guys being great as champion from here on out. But I am pretty happy that uh, Katara Suzuki uh, is still champ. So we get to see more of these awesome singles matches. Oh, God, yeah. Now, he's definitely on another level from what I've seen this year. He just, every single match I've seen of his, it's just, he does not disappoint. He yep. seems to bring his opponent to a new level when mm-hmm. they're in the ring with him. What, yeah. he's a, what he's able to bring out of them just makes him look even better. Yeah, definitely and they're already the most out of them. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so good. Highly recommend everyone check this match mm. out. This is my second favorite match of the show. Uh, worth worth seeking out. I mean, there's there's 
a potential argument here to, to say whether this was maybe the best match of the show. Mm. It's a tough one. It'd, it'd be hard to disagree with you, there, Christopher. Are you putting it over as the top one? Um, in my notes, I have this is the best junior match I've seen all year. That's, oh, look at that! I just, I just, we we definitely agree on that. Right. Huh. Mm. How about you, Jeremy? What do you think? Um, I might have to agree because I don't want to jump ahead too much. I was kind of disappointed with the the main event. I oh, thought it was shit. main event was a great match overall, but I some of the stuff before was so hot that a just a evenly paced wrestling match didn't necessarily get me as pumped, but. I think I might have to agree, man. Because I, I, I even think I like the tag match a little bit more than the main event. Damn. Controversy. And I like the main event. Well, I, I'm, I'm in no way annoyed by that in that, like, this mm. match is worth putting over and, and he, people 100%. need to see this motherfucking GHC Junior title match. Uh, so if nothing else, please seek that out. Uh, number one match or number two match? That is for you to decide. Uh, next up, we have eight-man tag team action. This is the big fucking star-studded match of the evening. Uh, so we get to see all of the, the big names. Starting out with a not-so-big name in Daiki Inaba. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he really felt like the odd man out there to me. Did he uh, feel the same way to you guys? Yeah, a little. Yeah. No. Who's in yellow? That was Funaki, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Masakatsu Funaki. I didn't know Funaki's name, so I put Captain Banana Pants. (laughs) 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 Alright, let me get to the the lineup here. Daki Inaba, Go Shiyazaki, Muhammad Yone, Shuhei Tanaguchi versus the M's Alliance of Keiji Muto, Masaki Mochizuki, Masakatsu Funaki, and now Mishi Marafuji. Uh, now I know you're talking about the, the guy who looked like uh, a ginger. He, he looked like uh, Asian Conan O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if yeah, Conan Jackson. O'Brien was like a, a really good amateur wrestler and Japanese and jacked. Yeah. Yeah, very jacked. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of things to make it work, but you know, yeah, it worked. You know. I'm happy to shoehorn where necessary. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud. <laughs> uh, so, so Captain Banana Hammock, Masakatsu Funaki? <laughs> Banana pants, but I like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love Masakatsu Funaki. Um, and every time I watch him wrestle, I'm just like, how's that dude in such fucking good shape for his age? Like, I love, like, mean as fuck. love to be in like half of his shape by the time I'm his age. Isn't he like early 50s? Yeah. He he's like he's um fucking uh, Minoru Suzuki's running buddy. He like came up with Minoru Suzuki, so they're probably they're about the same age, I'd say. Yeah, to be fifty-two, fifty-three, then around that early. 50, yeah, both um Yoshiaki Fujiwara's young boys. Two uh two standouts from uh pro wrestling Fujiwara Gumi for those playing at home. But yeah, this was really cool just getting to see um, Masakatsu Funaki tear it up in a Noah ring. And by the looks of it, 
judging by the, the finish of this, I'm assuming we're going to get to see uh, even more Masakatsu Funaki mm-hmm. as part of M's alliance. Uh, I, th- I think he still looks fucking great. What, what were your impressions mm-hmm. of Masakatsu Funaki in this one? He has a beautiful kick where he was actually kicking the shit out of Go's hamstrings. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like my first note note for the match. Kick the kicking the crap out of Go's hamstrings. <laughs> yep, I remember that. <laughs> he was trying to kick his leg out of his leg. <laughs> <laughs> You're home to Owen Hart there. I'm glad you got it. Yeah, always, always. <laughs> Except for that last time where you threw out a retro reference that I embarrassingly failed you on. <laughs> I'll endeavor to never let that happen again. Um, uh, yeah, like I, I thought this match was awesome. Uh, like you said, Star yeah, said it. I popped big when I saw uh, Mudo come out, and then I felt bad to see Mudo have to walk around um, with his knees. Even though he's got new knees again. I still feel so bad seeing this man walk around, especially when he's getting Irish whipped into the guardrail where he has to like, uh, take a couple quick steps. And, you know, that's no fun for him at all. They probably was, did that because they're like, keeping that close to the guardrail so he doesn't have to run too far. That definitely stood out to me. I was just like, because I remember last time I was watching Muto in, in that match against um, Kaito. Kaito? Uh, the singles match, I was thinking, damn, Muto's looking good these days. Shit, those new new knees are really doing him good. And he definitely had, like, flashes of that in this match, but then you had mm. moments where he was, like, getting whipped into the guardrails on the outside where you're just like, whoa, there's, there's really no yeah. fighting uh, father time in that sense, oh, is there? Prob- and he's also a big, muscly guy, so carrying 100 kg on that kind of frame. Mm. At that age, it is not going to be easy on your fucking body either. Yeah, like he looks it's, like he's trimmed down a bit from his mm. like you know prime sort of weight, yeah. but still like he's a big boy. Yeah, big Jack man. And it was interesting seeing people uh, beat up on him because you know he is he is that legend. Like when uh, Go with that Im- impressive. Uh, oh, I thought we were talking about Muda still. Uh, no. Go when he did the fucking uh, deadlift suplex. On Muda. Oh yeah, I was surprised mm. to see Muda. Holy take that crap! Fight. Hey. <laughs> and Go being able, like, that was a struggle. That was pretty fucking impressive. I mean, that was all Go. That was Go mm. just like yeah. dead weight in that yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. And the, how much Go's been beat up in the tournament? Mm. I was like, wow, he fucking really powered that motherfucker up. Yeah, shit. And, oh. and to Ben's point, like one of my favorite parts of this match mm. was the Muto's ongoing hateful rivalry with Taniguchi. Really <laughs> yeah. And how much like Taniguchi mm. just kept going back and like knocking him off the apron and shit. Oh. Love that. Yeah, he was beating the tar out of him. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Like even when he was he was the the guy in the middle, and he just kept constantly ignored the guy he was going with, and just kept going mid, even getting outside the ring and taking him on, while the other guys just left in. It's like he just it was like a bull seeing red when he saw Muto's face. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what created this hate? Like. <laughs> maybe maybe Taniguchi just really didn't didn't like what Muto did to All Japan back in the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I also uh, love the Battle of the Chops. I oh yes. Oh, love myself a good chop and seeing Marufuji and Go go at it. Always a it's, good time. Also, and the, the, when they're actually 
how they were actually holding each other's wrists. So he was standing there and oh, taking yeah. it. I love that one. I thought that was real cool. Yeah. I, want, I want to see more of that. Mm. Oh, yeah. Have you, did you see their big singles match? No, that, that was the I Am Noah match, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. want to go back and, and watch that because that sounded like it was fantastic. That was the um, Masawa um, anniversary show, wasn't it? I believe so. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I think it was. Anyway, yeah. when when I finally get yeah, caught up caught after this... Go on. Hmm? Who are you saying go on to? I don't know. I thought someone else was talking. I Is Jeremy still there? I'm still here. This is great podcasting, guys. Great. <laughs> cut this, cut oh, this part oh. out. <laughs> I would not do that to our listeners. I want them to hear just how unprofessional this bullshit is. I was just going to say, I, I love the finish where um, all of M's Alliance are doing their, like, Moochie doing his cool kick off the ropes, Mario doing his big knee, Moochie doing the shining wizard, and Funaki doing the penalty kick. On hmm. going, I always, that was just, I liked it. Fun. The only uh, part I didn't like was the very finish was a pile driver onto a man with an afro, and we never had one. <laughs> that should have just bounced right off. He should have stood up and no sold that shit. Any man with an afro should no sell a pile driver. I tell you that. <laughs> it should just literally bounce off the bat. Yeah, it'd be fucking fantastic. <laughs> I actually, I shit you not, saw a wrestler wrestle in Portland. <laughs> Uh, for Defy, and he had an afro, and I told him he should do that. He said, that's actually really fucking good. <laughs> I hope he incorporated it. You're welcome, sir. I personally <laughs> love the idea of giving a pile driver to a dude with an afro, or a dude with long hair, whatever, because you can you can make him, like, physically touch the mat and make it look good when there's, like, who knows how much fucking distance between his actual yeah. head and, and the hair. So it it's just works really well. So anytime I see a dude with an afro, I just want to give him a pile driver. In life? Yeah, it's just walking down the street. <laughs> just want to ponder out this motherfucker. It'll look great. Now let me ask you this. How many afros do you get in Australia? Uh, you get the odd one. You get a, <laughs> get a few ranger afros. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> the, like a like a red-headed afro, like a like a red-headed oh. jufro kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm a big hey, fan of M's Alliance. Like, you, you were putting over Congo before. I just love yeah. M's Alliance as a faction because they're just so fucking loaded up with names. Also, just the idea that they're just all dudes that just happen to start, their name starts with M. So it's like, yeah, why wouldn't we be buddies? I just love that as an idea for a wrestling faction. I didn't even, I didn't even consider that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes I, them M's Alliance. <laughs> I did not put that together. I like. I honestly was thinking Murafuji with the M on his shirt. I'm like, all right, uh, they're all Murafuji homies, and now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering oh, at what point we have uh, Muhammad Yone join in M's Alliance. Because he's like he goes back with Marafuji, they're buddies. Is he going to be brought in? Uh, so as long as your first or last name is an M, you you can get in this group. Yeah, because Masakatsu <laughs> Funaki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how there's not necessarily any rhyme or reason. You you have an M, so you're in, dude. No worries. 
At some point, it's just going to be if you have an M in your name. Like, it doesn't even have to be a first or last name starting with it. (laughs) My grandmother has an M in my name, her name. You're in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's good. But yeah, Uh, I I enjoyed this match. A lot of time, these multi man, big name matches, you you don't get a lot of action, and Mm. it's more just like dudes do their spots, and it's a lot of people and that. But. I thought this was, was very fun. Um, and, yeah, I mean, are we going to get a singles match with Taniguchi and Muto coming out of this? Well, you have to, considering how it finished, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it wasn't Muto refusing to let go of the figure four of Taniguchi? Yeah, yeah, that was the impression that I got. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Um, I, I like how they imply that uh, Muto has power in the knees to hold the guy down. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? There was a lot of scrunching going on just now. Someone's said, making a I lot like, of noise here. Sam's getting crazy over there. Yeah. Uh, I, I said I thought it was hilarious that they implied that Mudo had power in his knees to keep a man down. <laughs> hey, Mudo's figure four is still a very uh, a very significant maneuver. It defeated <laughs> Kaito Kiyomiya, so I, I believe in that it's like still one of the, the most perfected uh, figure fours going a, a lot more uh, dangerous than than Ric Flair's back in the day, or Miz's, huh? <laughs> I, I don't even. <laughs> I'm not even going to acknowledge that name. I don't know what you said. Um, so Chris I'm just, just going to move him on. As a guy from the real world, Mr. Money in the Bank, dude. Oh, it's just I actually did see that thing where he tried to take it in and he got his ass handed to him. Yep. I don't know what happened after that. There's only two minutes I saw. I'm just going to cut this off. Just going to cut this off. Cut this off right here. Stop, well, stop talking about this. Well, this end up cashing in, so that uh. technically it wasn't a real cash in. So he still has that man in the match. <laughs> Why are you guys so insistent on hurting my feelings by mentioning this? Ugh, I'm not even going to mention it. It's your birthday, Chris. We're trying to make it special. Uh. Oh, it's your birthday in America, too, now. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, but oh, we'll Double birthday. <laughs> Stop. I can only get so erect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Final match time. Guys, guys, we finally are here. The N1 Victory 2020 final match. A block versus B block. We finally got here. Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, I was mixed opinions going into this in that, like, this was, like, the most obvious final that you possibly (laughs) could have had in this entire tournament. (laughs) But at the same time, it was like they did it in an interesting enough way to where you didn't know. Like, you thought that's probably what's going to happen, but you didn't know. So I, at the end of the day, was like, nah, this is good booking because you want – wrestling booking to be like that in my mind you want it to be like like this is probably what's gonna happen it's the most Mm. obvious like the same thing as like fucking um hangman in the finals against kenny omega right like it's the right booking thing to do so why would you do it or why would you not do it just so you can swerve people no you do it so i i loved it um from that perspective uh i mean the, I mean, I, I didn't know it was necessarily going to be Kaito that Nakajima would be against. Mm. Um, I thought that was a surprise. I thought the, the Kaito redemption story was an interesting story looking back at this tournament. 
um, with Kaito going to the finals and then you'd be not sure, oh, is Kaito going to be able to finish this redemption Ooh. arc and like challenge Go, the man who beat him for the title? Uh, or is it going to be his, his Judas uh, from Axis, his, his former tag partner? And so it ended up uh, being down to Kaito and Nakajima. Uh, I was very excited going in. I thought the hype video prior to this match was incredible and I was just like ready to go. What did you guys think? The hype video I want to say for sure was sick. And they they played uh, something earlier in the show too. I don't know if it was the same one or just a different video. But the, the way they – whoever produced those hype videos actually helps build the anticipation of the match even more so. I overall, I mentioned earlier, I was kind of disappointed because I was expecting so much, but it was still like a really strong match. I just thought the main events on every single show was so off the charts that when this one wasn't incredible, incredible, I was kind of surprised, but it still was really good. Like it, it couldn't be bad. But. Interesting. I, I get what you're, what you're saying in a sense. Um, I'll, I'll talk about my thoughts about it in a moment, but Ben, what did, what did you think? I I really enjoyed it. It was from the from the notes I'm reading back. Uh, there's a few little spots I like the the Kaito, Kaito where he's back that trusty sleep sleep lucky he has. Mm-hmm. They're just the different ways um, Nakajima tries to break it. Injury pins, backdrops, and then just Kaito just holds it and just refuses to let go. Yeah. On the whole, I really enjoyed it. I. It, it's it's hard, but I'd, I'd probably have to agree with Jeremy to a point. It probably the junior the junior singles match probably was just that little maybe five percent on top of it for me purely maybe because I because I in knew Jack Nakajima was going to win. It probably took a little bit away from it for me, even though yeah. it's the right. It's what you have to. It had to happen. That might have something to do with me as well, mm. honestly. Because mm. it, it, it has to happen, the big match against Go. Yeah. And just trying to get my notes. Somebody's trying to call me at the moment. Well, while you do that, I just wanted to say I, um, I, I, again, was very hyped going into this. I did know the winner, so I think that definitely did take the edge off a little bit. But you could still, like, enjoy a match even knowing the winner. Mm. Uh I, I loved it from the perspective of it being like a classic Noah match, starting out slow. You had that like start out sort of like both guys not wanting to get into it too hard. I love the overall um, sort, of, sort of that tentative like start out wrestling type of thing. Uh, Kaito getting the advantage was like more of his, his wrestling acumen and then that was more of the story of the match. It was like Kaito being the better wrestler. Uh, yeah. but uh, Nakajima being being the, the better striker and brawler, I guess, um, and also having that sort of like wily veteran kind of thing with those, all those years on Kaito. So I, I love the idea of like you saw Kaito's strength in that wrestling that we really saw through the rest of the tournament. Again, what Ben mentioned in that constantly grinding out and going back to that headlock. Um, and, yeah, it... it it sort of then we went to the outside um, and then uh, that's where Nakajima sort of got got back in control started really taking advantage with those strikes um, and then 
Kaito sort of like coming from behind again with that wrestling. Uh, and, and then the, the, the sort of pitch of the match turned up and up and up, which I really liked. And that, that's a classic Noah match for me. You know, you start slow and then you just slowly ramp up that intenseness in like a, a, a like slow but steady kind of methodical manner. Very similar to a, like a lot of your classic Masao mm. matches in that sense. And I think that's no um, coincidence considering how much Kaito looks up to Masawa. Uh, you know, obviously in his like ring attire, his his move set, uh, just his his general in ring approach. But uh, yeah, I um, I was a, a big fan of just the the way that this match like sort of just turned up and up and up to then when you get it's towards that that finishing sequence, it had like a, a, an intensity to it that you appreciated more because of how slow it was earlier on. Uh, when we were getting to those big kicks by Nakajima, the 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 big moves by by Kaito, like some of those big sweet German suplexes and like his um his uh, inverted DDT off the top. And oh. yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys. Oh, this uh, is good. Go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna. I liked how Kaito refused to let Nakajima do that camera pose thing he does in the ropes. Yeah. It was like the first time I'd seen somebody actually not allow him to do it the whole tournament, which I actually, I just, a little pop for me. It was, yeah. uh, I did enjoy that little bit there and just, that's when it's like, just those brutal head kicks that Nakajima oh, dropped fuck. on Kato. It was Especially like, towards the end. They were brutal. Was, and then it was like, then Kato comes back with that huge reverse DDT off the top rope and then. Then I'm just also really popping for those Nakajima open hand palm strikes. Oh yeah, those, the ones that drop Kato and Kato comes back with the that jumbo jumbo's like running knee. Oh, I, I, that was the one thing I was going to make special mm. mention of that mm. awesome jumbo jumping mm. knee. That's mm. like my favorite Kaito thing right mm. now. He just hits it. He gets so much elevation, mm. so snappy. Mm. Um, and then uh, he, he did that and then... Tiger Suplex started after it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then that was a huge thing and, mm. and almost didn't get the, the pop that I would have expected mm. of um, Nakajima kicking out of his finish, mm. basically, which then protected that Tiger Suplex pretty darn well. Yeah. They put it over big the entire tournament mm. each match, especially the way he, when he did struggle to get it and popped it over. Like, yeah, every time was great. I think I'm doing the match a disservice by comparing it to all the other main events because <laughs> while you were explaining what you were saying, Chris, I agree with every sentiment. Mm. The, the pacing was great. The story they were telling was great. And again, the guys are both on top of their game. I, well, it's a I match that make... I think gets better on rewatch, honestly. Because when I yeah. watched it the first time, before we started this podcast, I was talking to Ben about how when I watched it initially, I was actually like a bit sleepy. I watched it a little bit late at night. I didn't fall asleep, but I was kind of like dozy through the match. I didn't fully appreciate it. And then it ended, and I was like, oh, that's it. It's over. Mm. And then on rewatch, on rewatch today, it really, like, you, you can appreciate the little things that are doing, the pacing and the story. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it's worth a rewatch for, for people or if you're yeah. going to watch it, our listeners, for the first time, just just be watching it in a, in a state where you're not sleepy. Highly recommend. <laughs> I, I do want to put over, though, the finish that 
might have been one of the most beautiful DVDs I've ever seen in my entire oh. fucking life. Mm. And and preceding that, that fucking brutal head kick. Oh god, yeah. Like that's the thing. Like I feel like when I watched it the first time, I didn't notice quite how brutal that head kick was. So I was just like, "Oh, we just hit his finish and pinned him." But like the idea, you could see the red marks from like all the head kicks during the match. Oh yeah, I was face. about to bring bring uh, mention that. Like just yeah, the ref through... actually got close at one point after yeah. one of those kicks. I'm like, uh, "Bro, are you, are you good?" And and Tyler was just like. Uh, not making any sort of facial expression at all. It was dazed. Oh yeah, after that last one, just like where they had to zoom in on Kaito's face, and like, <laughs> you could tell for real he was fucked up and loopy. Oh yeah, jeez. But uh, those German suplexes, like mm. that German suplex that Kaito hit towards the finish, fucking beautiful as well. One of my favorite German suplexes in in current wrestling. I mean, nothing on, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, nothing on Daisuke Harada, but still a beautiful German suplex uh, in it its own right. It gets better every time I say it. Ooh. Yeah, you said that really aggressively. Mm. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I stepped on something and it was in my foot and really hurting me. Fellas, I've just cooked two hamburgers while we were talking about the main event. So that's nice. all the fucking noise that was going on, huh? <laughs> I heard some water at one point. It sounded like. Yeah, I was washing the pan. I got a bit hungry. Well, I have a, a dinner that I am to get to, my, my birthday dinner. It's a surprise. I don't know where Amy's taking me, but it, it, I'm looking forward to it. McDonald's. <laughs> we'll see. She said don't dress too fancy, so you may be right. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm guessing it's a it's a classy burger joint. Well, only one way to find out. Uh, but yeah, in closing, I thought this was a tremendous match uh, that got far better for me on second watch. I, I definitely, in my mind, still think it's the the match of the show. Uh, in the big call sense, uh, in terms of match of the tournament, I don't think it's match of the tournament. Um, but I thought it was a fucking great classic big time mm. Noah main event, um, and I almost feel like there's too much pressure when you get to these finals of these tournaments because you assume that's that it's going to be the best match. Oh yeah. What'd you say, Jeremy? I said that's probably it too. I was definitely like, oh my god, this is going to be fucking gangbusters, mm. and I was like, well, this is good. But yeah. I always feel that with a tournament final. It's like I always feel a little underwhelmed, even though how great the match is. It's like I thought it might have been a little better. But I did not have that feeling this time around. So it it was definitely my top few matches. It probably wasn't my top of the tournament, but it was definitely up there. Okay, so mm. then the biggest question of all, now that we're all said and done, we finished this entire tournament, finished this show, uh, match oh. of... The tournament, guys. One question before you, you get to that one. Yeah. What What was uh, with Kenno commentating at ringside? Yeah. What was the little speech he had? You reckon? And then he storms out. In the post match. Yeah. Post-match. Yeah, he was he was yelling. Not like he was pissed off at Nakajima for winning the damn thing. Yeah, that's a. 
Oh, that's what I possibly thought. I didn't know what else. I don't know. I, I think we're going to have to um, check out Hisame's uh, website report mm. of this match to work that out. Because, yeah, that was one of the ones where it wasn't quite self-explanatory. And I was like, yeah. huh, what is what is this? I was like, are you kicking him out? And there was also the, the tag team earlier in the show, the, uh, when the tag team won their belts, they came out and were talking shit to Harada. What were, what were they talking, or to Suzuki? What were they talking there? Do you know by chance? Uh, no, again, would need to check out Hasame's translation. Uh, How about you, Ben? Do you know? No, no, not, not too sure on that one. All right. This is the part where I listen to podcasts where people like This is the worst about... part. Like, what is that thing that we were trying to talk about? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> How about you, dude? Do you know now? Do you know now? No, no. Yeah, I always got pissed off by like Japanese wrestling podcasts when they would just have like no idea of any of the translations. And it's like you could do the research. You could find out before you do the show so you can actually have this ready for people if you're prepared. But you don't. Yeah. And that's what happened here. <laughs> okay. We could have a couple of times for us. It felt like well, we got belts and you got the belt. We we should hang out, or or they could have been yelling at each other. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, um, and honestly, I don't I don't know my favorite match of the whole show. I'd have to like go back and look through all my notes. I, I I know that sounds horrible, but we watched so much stuff to pick one match to be my favorite of all of them. Uh, I'd be hard pressed. Well, I mean, which which were our standouts? Oh, to me, I mean, the first night was was obviously huge with that uh, Keno Nakajima match. We then had that really great one uh, that was potentially my favourite of the entire tournament with Segura and Taniguchi. Uh, we also had an incredible one with, with Marafuji and um, Segura. Big Daddy Sigs. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, like, we also had a, a great one with, uh, with Go Shiyazaki um, and fucking... Shit, who was that? Oh man! Oh, the Goshiyazaki Kaito match towards the end, mm. like, was was honestly one of my other favorite favorite matches of the tournament. Uh, what what else? Uh, stand or that what do you got there? Did you mention the Tanaguchi Marafuji one? Tanaguchi Marafuji? Yeah, remember the one that started with uh, Tanaguchi was on the outside because he got or yeah, wasn't that it? Or was that the yeah, this one? Because they. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bit where I'm just like, I watched yeah. a lot cut of show, fucking matches show, in this thing. <laughs> I knew we shouldn't yeah. do this part. Ben, ben what, what were your highlights? Well, mine was, you've named a couple of them, it was the Marafuji and Big Daddy Suggs. Yep. Um, definitely the Nakajima Keno. Mm-hmm. I swear there was another Marafuji match that I really enjoyed. Oh, no, maybe it was Big Daddy Suggs. Did we we got Marafuji and Go, didn't we? Are they in the same block? I don't think so. Because <laughs> yeah. I know they, they had the big match before. I don't know if they're in the same block, though. Right. I remember also loving um, uh, Keno and Segura. I remember thinking that yep. was great. Um, there was some other stuff through the, the middle of the tournament. Oh, that, that Manabu Soya match with, with Go was fucking great as well. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Manabu Soya had another incredible match with, was it Kaito? 
want to say? There was another great match with Go and um, Masaki Mochizuki that I remember really loving, where Mochizuki got the upset win over Go. That always stuck stuck with me through the tournament. Uh, yeah. Anything else that we're we're forgetting here? No, there, but there was there definitely was a Marabuji versus Taniguchi. I don't believe there was a Marabuji versus Go. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Taniguchi and Marabuji. Because that was the one where I think at the beginning of the match that Marufuji, or Taniguchi was on the outside for a long time and it looked like it was like the match was almost over at the beginning, mm. but then he got back in. Actually, did, it's, yep, you're bringing it back to me now. Yeah, because they did that yeah. bit twice in two different matches, and both of those matches were really good. I know it's mm. kind of a weird trope they used mm. in both matches that made it great. I don't know. Well, I mean, there was a lot of stuff like that recurring kind of thing that we saw through the tournament. And also, I want to make special mention to the some of those Sakuraba matches early on. I remember just loving the shit out of them as well. Oh, yeah. The yeah, fun the great one. I love the one against Kaito, uh, Kaito. Yeah. That was where Kaito beat him in his own game. But the Sakuraba and Go one I really enjoyed in. It was, I believe, a little short. Yeah, yeah. But it was such an interesting styles clash. Mm. I remember really, really mm. digging that. And, oh, holy shit, I want to, again, make special mention of um, that Sakuraba match with Manabu Soya for that fucking incredible finish where he, like, had him in the Sakuraba lock and then Soya, like, got him onto his back. It's so perfect for the, the sneaky pin. Gotta love a sneaky pin. Yeah. Uh, but so, of mentioning those, do Ben, do you have any, any decided favourites of the tournament? The one that keeps standing in my mind from what I remember is the Marufuji versus Big Daddy Thugs. Yeah. That was a that great was match. That was a 30-minute draw, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Nice. Well, there was a heck of a lot of great wrestling had. It was fun as shit watching it, and it was fun as shit talking about it with you all. Uh, this, was, this was just really delightful. So I wanted to say thank you to both of you gentlemen. Thank, Thank you, birthday boy. Thank Thanks. you, fellas, for having me on. No Thank worries. You, Thanks, Ben. I think you brought a lot to the show. Uh, you have a, a lot of Noah and Japanese wrestling knowledge that I feel made this really fun. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> oh, what why? Hey? A toy. Oh, all right. Well, if we're... <laughs> well, if we're finished sucking each other's dicks right now, uh, we can uh, close down this podcast. The birthday boy's got a dinner to get to. I do, I do. We've got to, got to cut this circle jerk off a little bit prematurely. Uh, uh, can't, can't miss the dinner. Yeah. So it's yeah. The, the highlight of the night on the birthday. Yeah, indeed. Um, all right, well, I mean, are we on a future date going to gonna talk about this upcoming huge biggest Noah show of the year? Noah Chronicle Volume 4, is it, Ben? I know the first part you said is correct. I don't know if Volume 4. I'm trying to think. No, I can't remember the checking something. We should also try to get uh, an independent wrestling show to watch mm. to review as well, since mm. we're not necessarily a Noah show. <laughs> when was the last time we really qualified as an independent wrestling podcast? <laughs> hey, to be fair, you know, though, there haven't been many independent shows on this year, so you got True. a little bit of a bite. Uh, There's a lot more. There's a lot more. Yeah. 
And I, as I, much I'm as I used to love watching GCW, honestly, like of late, fuck GCW, hey. Oh, no, dude, the most recent show... He just watched uh, them. So Much Fun was So Much Fun. Really? Yeah. I've just been so iffy on their cards of late. Like, as soon as they got away from being, like, just Joey Janela wrestles this fucking wacky dude from the 90s and, like, PCO wrestling Masato Tanaka and it just became all these fucking schlubs, like... Alex Zane and shit. I, I was not a fan anymore. Alex Zane is not a schlub. He's great. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I never saw his appeal. Or, or who's that fucking redhead dude that looks like Sergeant fucking Lieutenant Loco? Uh, Blake Christensen? Yeah. Or Blake Christian? He's he's growing on me. He had an awesome match with uh, Leo Rush on this show. Schlub. Ooh. Not, re- not Leo I- Rush. I like Leo Rush. He's good. No, I think you should watch. There's a lot of guys. Josh Bishop is pretty badass. Matthew Justice is fucking... You like him a lot. All right. We'll, we'll so, find an indie show to watch. Sorry. We'll you were that. right. It is volume four, and we do get the big Muto Taniguchi singles match. Oh, shit. Yeah. And we also get a tag title match with Sakuraba, Big Daddy Suggs versus Marafuji, and Captain Banana Pants. <laughs> Captain Banana Hammock. <laughs> Masakatsu Funaki. Lovely. And also, of course, the big match now that we have locked in after this show. Go Shiyazaki defending the GHC title against his nemesis, his Judas, his former Axis partner, Katsuhiko Nakajima. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that one. And maybe on the next show as well, we could talk about um, Muhammad Yone's anniversary show because I just finished watching that and there is some shit that was definitely <laughs> worthwhile fun. talking about. Big Daddy Diaper. <laughs> uh. Jeremy, you definitely need to watch this to see what yeah. we're talking about. It's a good time. All right. <laughs> yeah, but there's some things I'll never... I can't get out of my, me- my memory from that. All right, All right let's uh, let's close this podcast down. Uh, if you'd like to uh, find out, I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that, but my <laughs> plugs, um, <laughs> at Chris Things on Twitter. I just retweet shit mostly from um, that, that Meng's, Meng and Friends Twitter page. Just, Mongo and Friends or Meng's Mullet? Oh, both of them, actually. Both of them are great. <laughs> Those together. I just probably retweet all of their things. So that's all you got to look forward to from me. Uh, and then also my art shit at Chris Things on Instagram. Uh, also follow the, uh, the the show at Grown Men Pod uh, on the Twitter. You can find out when in a blue moon we're actually going to be dropping a show. Uh, also, uh, follow the, the guys at, at Social Suplex. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of other great shows on the Social Suplex podcast network, such as One Nation Radio, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, the All Elite Show, Keeping It Strong Style, as well as the, the great show of uh, Grown Men Wash This Shit. All of that at socialsuplex.com. Over to you. Yeah. Uh, at Ben Kelly. Triple three, and I absolutely do nothing on Twitter. <laughs> Fresh, love your honesty. <laughs> uh, I'm at James Vanderbeek on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can also, if you want a shirt, 
that I've designed. You can go to pentagonzo.com and grab yourself a shirt. All kinds of sweet designs up there. Uh, and then uh, I talked about it a couple weeks back about maybe doing some wrestling managing thing. That thing is coming to fruition. I'm going to be Ooh. recording for an ex- uh, episode of Without a Crowd on December 6th. Yeah. All right. Well, with um, that, let's close this podcast down. And just hit two hours. Fuck. Beautiful. <laughs> 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 bye. Uh, later, Dave. Bye. 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 Bye